Hey guys, welcome back to Dorm Life, the podcast all about college life and everything that comes around when finishing up your higher education, including the ups and downs of daily life activities while you're doing that. And today's episode has a couple of topics that we're going to talk about today, including the promethazine coding scheme that happened at work, and then updates on 2020 and 2021 and how that went for me, and just the future of the show in general and the scheduling behind that. So hope you enjoy the episode and uh, enjoy. Well, now after that intro, <laughs> it's finally good to be back. I can't believe that I'm actually doing this for the 10th time, or I don't even know how many times I've done this so far, but it is nice to be back. Thank you for joining me in this podcast and Norm Life again. This time I do plan to keep to a schedule, like I said before, so hopefully we'll keep to that this time since COVID is still the thing, but let's get started. So, middle update, 2020, wow, that was a good year. I had a very decent year. I mean, it was going pretty well. You know, I was at GCU. I was at, you know, in Arizona. It was pretty good. I had a good time with friends and COVID hit. So now I'm back here. I moved from Arizona back to Washington, D.C., or at least the DMV area, this whole metro area. So I'm back here. It's all right. You know, it was good. I was like uh, riding on unemployment for the longest time because I mean, why might as well, you know, there wasn't really any jobs either. Plus they were giving like the COVID bonus or why not? And luckily it was being taxed that way. I don't know any taxes to the IRS or anything like that. But, you know, that ended in August and I know they did extend them later on. But by that point, I did have a job. So and I didn't want to be a lazy bum and actually, you know, uh, like file taxes and stuff like that. So I can get a nice little return uh, for this coming year in 2021. So I started working at a job and I had a little job there at a bookstore at a local community college, actually. And it sucked. The pay was shit. It was very abysmal. I did not like it. The managers there were very, they were just bad, really bad. The hours were pretty long. And like I said, the pay was just horrible. It was shit. (laughs) There's no other way to say it, really. It was just so bad. I didn't like it. Just so bad in general. So I I can't believe I, I even went into that job. I was desperate, okay? I just wanted to do something. I was tired of being a lazy bum. All I did was work out and then sit in my apartment most of the time. So I'm glad that's out of the way. But then I transitioned into being a pharmacy technician, which you think, oh, yeah, that's just like any other position. You could be right. Yeah, sure. But, you know, it's it's funny going from this person that was working at a library, you know, at their local university, you know, GCU in Arizona, for example, to being at a bookstore at another college, which sucked. Don't do that. Please don't do that. The pay was abysmal. Uh, I don't know why. That was highway robbery the way they were doing it. It was basically slave labor. But regardless of that, um to a more medical healthcare worker position, you could say, you know, you, you deal with customers, you dispense medication, you take prescriptions, some, not all, you know, we have some laws in Virginia where certain medications such as uh, C2, like narcotics, like Adderall, and a couple of others like that can't be taken as a written prescription or a physical prescription. They do have to be sent electronically to the pharmacy or also, they have to be faxed or have a waiver, like the doctor's office has to have a waiver on file, filed previously in 2020, I believe, to be able to actually take, uh, like to take their physical copy of the prescription. So you get stuff like that, you know, you get customers that have questions on medications and legally we're not, technicians aren't really allowed to answer them, but you know, you can refer them to the pharmacist, but you know, you also kind of have to study the medications anyways you know, for the exams that you have to do, you could get a state certification or a national certification, which is what I aim for. 
you know, just to make sure that you can work in any state that requires a certification to become a, you know, pharmacy tech. And here in Virginia, you can do that for nine months without being licensed. And then after that, you can no longer work as a pharmacy technician unless you do get licensed and take the test. Luckily, there are a lot of study methods to do that. There's books and stuff like that and practice exams as well that'll let you uh, study for the exam and also pass the exam, you know. But it's, it's a very interesting job. I, I do enjoy my time with it. I was kind of rushed into flu season when I started that position. I kind of had to get the grasp of everything. I didn't really know too much, you know, like typing in insurance or knowing the names of medications, the generic versus the name brand and, you know, like calculating the day supply and all that, and, you know, just understanding like the SIG codes and everything. So it was very rough at the beginning, I would say, but it did pay off. Now I understand everything. It's pretty easy. It's like in the back of my head. I just know where everything is. I know where all the medications are located. I have a pretty good job of understanding the the generic and the name brand for the medication so I can get those right away if like the customer doesn't know the generic name or vice versa. And just typing insurances is pretty easy now, I would say. So everything goes smoothly when I'm around. And it's very nice. I mean, at first I, I was with a couple of coworkers, but we had a lot leave because, you know, some decided to go back to school or focus mainly on school. Others just decided to not go back, which we'll definitely save for a later time about that. But other than that, it's pretty good. I've had a good time. Customers love me. Everyone loves to talk to me, which is, I mean, kind of normal at any job that I go to. Let's be real, guys. And it's really good. But there are some things that happen from time to time in a job like this that are is really fantastic sometimes. And when I say fantastic, it just sucks. It's it's really horrible because then you have to deal with all this, I'll just say, bullshit that just sucks in general. The most notable one that I want to go over today is the promethazine. I call it the promethazine scheme just because it was so weird. It was just like a rise and it's still a little bit here, you know, like it's still there, like the rise of promethazine coding prescriptions or at least people that are trying to get promethazine coding. Um, for some reason lately in the past month or these past two months, I would say it really started around like December, November of last year. Uh, there's been an increase in the number of people that decided to get promethazine coding. You know, it's, it's a cough syrup and everything like that. Yeah, it's a controlled substance. And yes, I do know what you can make with that stuff as well on the side if you're not actually using it for medical reasons. But the thing is, a lot of people have been getting that. Okay, then that's, that's perfectly fine. You know, if people need that for a medical reason, then... You know, if that's the best solution, go ahead. But the problem is that there's been a lot of also scams going on with promethazine coding. There's been fake scripts. You know, we always have to be aware and checking the scripts to make sure that everything matches up. You know, sometimes like a script could be fake. You could see the doctor, maybe like the uh, the DEA number doesn't match, the MPI number doesn't match. Or sometimes like the doctors in another state for some reason, but the patients here in like Virginia, but they're from like Nebraska or something like that, which is definitely a bit sus. But you know, you can always like call the doctor to verify that is a legit script. And obviously they would have to have a waiver and we couldn't take it anyways, because you know, in Virginia you need a e-script for that one. But there's also been people that are just uh for some reason this this is what happens. We discovered a lot of customers, and I'll give the, the majority of credit to Marissa. Shout out to you. Thank you. That she, you know, she's the lead pharmacist, obviously. So she found all these numbers that belong to a patient. So let's say like a patient had this phone number on their profile that we have for them. So we searched that number up in our system. And when we did, what happened was that we actually found 
a lot, and I mean a lot of profiles. I think it was around seven or eight or even more. I don't I don't remember the total number of profiles that actually were there for some reason. Um, all sharing the same phone number. And then when we checked the profiles of each of these people, it turns out that they only had one prescription on each profile. And guess what that prescription was? Yeah, you guessed it. It was promethazine coating cough syrup. So now, now you're starting to see the picture here. This is a bit sus. You know, why are all these people, and I believe they were all from the same doctor, at least like relatively like the same doctor, at least like multiple doctors, but still, you know, same phone number, same prescription, same amount, like everything was pinpoint the same and different people. And it's like, why would all these people be trying to get promethazine codeine? And it's the same phone number, same amount, same quantity, everything like that, you know. Well, why? You know, and obviously, I mean, it's kind of sus and you kind of assume already. It's like, oh, maybe these, you know, it's like just one person or a couple of people that are trying to get a lot of promethazine codeine to, you know, like make lean or, you know, get high or whatever. Uh, probably that's actually what happened. You know, that's probably what they were doing. They were kind of doing it sneakily for the longest time, you know, just making sure that, you know, nobody caught on to their scheme, the promethazine scheme. <laughs> but yeah, they were doing that. And then. You know, we would actually get calls from some of them just asking, hey, like, I got this prescription for promethazine codeine. And they were really desperate when they would call. They were like, I really need this. Like, I want it now. I'm going to go pick it up now. Like, can I pick it up now? Then our excuse to just kind of actually be able to investigate a bit more was actually, you know, tell them, hey, listen, um, you know, we're actually verifying the script still. We're uh, getting it from this doctor. We're calling your doctor just to make sure that everything's on track, that everything is correct. You know, sorry about the wait, but you're just going to have to wait until we call you back and approve it. But in reality, we were just kind of discussing that everything was linked up and it's very suspicious. And, you know, it's probably like uh, one or two people just doing this stuff and working together to get promethazine coding since obviously it's a controlled substance. You can't really get that over the counter. It has to be only with a prescription. So that was fun. And then the worst one I would say that happened was that, and this is before a new manager actually came in to work there at our pharmacy, but uh, this is probably around December or November, if I recall. But this person actually called our pharmacy. And when a doctor actually calls the pharmacy to, you know, write, uh, give a prescription to us, you know, only the pharmacist can take it, but sometimes like, you know, we're just uh, supposed to give it to the pharmacist if we answer the phone. So this doctor called in a promethazine coding script and he gave his DEA number, which is, you know, like the identification that doctors have or, you know, an FBI number. They have both. And they also gave like their full name, like correct address for the office and everything. And they're like, yeah, I need this, uh, you know, promethazine coding for this patient, blah, blah, blah. This amounts, you know, done. Okay. That's pretty legit. You know, a doctor's calling it in. You would, you know, they use the doctor line. Everything looked legit. The problem is that when we verified it again, you know, we, we just wanted to make sure because, you know, I mean, it's a controlled substance and sometimes people can be a bit sus, you know, it's, it is what it is. We called again, we called the doctor's office with the phone number for the office and we called and we asked, yeah, like, hey, we're actually, you know, just making sure that this is legit. This is for this customer is promethazine coding. Can you just make sure this is legit? Can you verify it for us? And then the doctor said, oh, no, I never called in anything for this patient. I don't know this patient. I don't know who he is, but I never authorized any script. Wow, that is a big 
what in the hell? What is going on? So we had to do like a full investigation. And I don't remember. I recall we did get the authorities involved, I believe. Just because, you know, it, it is fraud and it's a very big, um, you know, criminal act and stuff like that. You know, especially in person, a docked and everything like that. So there was a lot of things involved that took place when that happened. So it was definitely a interesting time with the promethazine scheme. And it's, it slowed down quite a bit, I would say. Um, not too bad now. I did have one today, actually, for promethazine coding that was legit, thankfully. So I filled that and everything, and it's all good. But yeah, it was definitely an interesting time. And I believe they probably just moved on to a different pharmacy that's a bit naive when it comes to their prescriptions, because it seems, you know, obviously we caught on to their what they were doing. So they probably just moved on to a different pharmacy that is probably doing the same thing that we used to do or something like that. So good luck to that pharmacy. We're not falling for that shit anymore. Good luck. Yeah, that was a promethazine scheme. Almost got away with it for a long time, but luckily uh, the pharmacy was definitely on top of that. So that was very good. Definitely a very interesting job. I will say that working there, you've seen a lot of things. You see a lot of things when you work in a pharmacy because it's, a uh, well, at least my pharmacy, I'll say this, it's inside of a retail store. So the thing is, you definitely see a lot, a lot, and I say a lot of interesting things since people think you're, you know, you're a retail worker when you're not, at least not at my pharmacy, since we're specifically only pharmacy, you know, only pharmacy, pharmacy only. And we don't have anything to do with the retail store. We don't have anything to do with them. You know, whatever they stock, that's up to the retail store. Whatever they don't have, that's up to the retail store. We literally only have medications, like, you know, behind the counter, you know, medications. And then, you know, like anything that's behind the counter, such as like Sudafed or like Broncade or something like that, that will be behind the counter. You have to purchase that. There are like Vitron C for some reason. So we have stuff like that. Customers always come to us and... Just ask for sometimes like the weirdest shit. They really do. Just last week, I'll say this. I've had interesting customers. And this is going to get a bit nasty, I would say. So get ready and just saying ahead of time. So say last week I was there and, you know, I was dispensing medication. I was counting my, you know, these pills. I was probably doing like metformin or something like that. So, you know, I'm just here counting pills, making sure I had the right amount for the, the, the patient and everything like that. And then this guy comes up to me and he asked me, hey, do you guys sell toys? And I just kind of stare at him and I, I look at him and I tell him, uh, probably, yes, down that way, uh, where the toys, like kids section is, that's where you'll find toys. And he looks at me and he says, oh, oh no, I'm not talking about those toys. I'm talking about like, and then he kind of like whispers into my ear. So like, he's kind of like this or not whispers to my, you know, COVID, but like, he kind of like silently says it so nobody will hear. He's like, I'm kind of looking for, um adult toys you know and i'm just kind of staring at him and then he says you know like sex toys and stuff like that so i just stare at him and i'm like no we we don't offer anything like that there i'm like i don't even know what they have i was like i don't think we have that here sorry and he's like oh yeah that's probably like an online thing isn't it and, I, and then he like leaves well he kind of st stays there in like the vitamin section vitamin islands like looks for vitamins and i'm just there in disbelief like really did this motherfucker just did this guy just ask me that? Like, oh, do you guys have, like, sex toys and shit? What? No. What? Why would you ask a pharmacy tech? Like, what? 
No, why would a store like you know like a family friendly store like want to carry that? Stuff? I know, I mean you know it's like they're free to do what they want, but like I don't think like a regular retail store really try to actively be carrying like sex toys and stuff like that. And it definitely, we wouldn't know. The pharmacy wouldn't know. Come on. So then you just get stuff like that, or then like and then this was in the same day. You get <sighs> these people that like I had this woman come up to me. She's like, hey. And I'm like, yes, how can I help you? She says, this guy just bust a nut in me. Like, oh, I need I need a, a pregnancy test. And I asked her, I was like, oh, were you thinking of like maybe instead of plan B? Like, is that what you were talking about? No, she's like, no, I know what I need. I need a pregnancy test. And she was like 100% certain that that's what she wanted, like a pregnancy test. And I asked again if it was like plan B instead. Nope. She wanted a pregnancy test, even though that happened. So I was like, oh, yeah, they're okay. They're over there, like in the back wall. And I'm just like, why do I need to know that? Why do I need to know that your man busted a nut inside of you? I don't need to know that, man. I'm just there getting paid for to do my job. And I don't need to listen to your shit or your nasty shit. Keep if, if whatever happens in the fucking bedroom, that's your shit, man. I don't need to know about it. I don't give a fuck. I don't go around saying shit like that, man. Whatever. But yeah, you get customers like that. Or you get the Karens. Or you just get those that are impatient. Or you get those that just kind of stare at you. Or you get those that even though you're talking to them... In English or Spanish, and they're just gonna stare at you and they expect you to do things. Or you have those that try to kind of like want you to like slip, uh, slip some pills under the counter, you know, and like secretly do that, even though that's a federal crime. And I'll probably go to jail if I do that and obviously lose my job, which I definitely will never do. And yeah, you just get interesting customers at at the pharmacy sometimes. And sometimes I just I just want to grab my head and just like not cry but just yell and be like, what is wrong with y'all? And then, yeah, obviously we have COVID still. So then you have the people that are always there with no masks. Some people just walk in willy-dilly. I saw this uh, lady with her daughter that's probably like our age, like 20, 24. No mask on. She's just chilling there like it's no big deal. Like no mask. Really? Like you're the reason why we still have COVID in the world, honey. I'm sorry, but I hate you. I hate people like you. But yeah, overall, definitely a very good time at the pharmacy. I still enjoy my job. I still love it. Definitely nice. I love the fact that we'll be vaccinating soon and things like that. So it'll be a very good time. It's definitely better than, you know, acting like you're vaccinating or something. I mean, like, what? Who's going to do that? A charity or something? I don't know. But I don't think they could do that, at least not in Virginia. But other than that, yeah, you know, COVID's definitely a thing, you know, hit us hard. You know, uh, it kind of steered me into a new direction where I want to go career-wise. I think, you know, I'm, I've been planning on you know, originally getting my master's and everything like that, but that might no longer be the case. I actually am considering heavily going into med school. I do have my prereqs done and all that. I do have decent grades, so I think I have a very good shot of getting in. That's very exciting. I will not reveal what I'm specializing in if I do get in. Definitely a lot of exciting things coming in 2021. Very, you know, I still have a very good job. I have a promotion coming up. Very nice. It's going to be definitely better pay. And then I think it'll actually be moving to a permanent position because temporary is kind of like a training thing, but I think they're going to keep me. So fortunately, I might no longer be at the pharmacy this year. It's never been a good year. 2020 was a good year. I can't wait for 2021. It's it's going to go great. I know it's going to be great. I have so many things planned. I, I want to see my friends. I want to go fly out to Arizona. I want to just travel in foreign countries. I do have my vaccine. So both doses, so I know at least I'm a bit more safe. I mean, I'm still waiting for COVID to die down a bit so I can actually go and travel. So that's not really concrete yet, but hopefully it'll go. I do plan on going to Europe finally. 
And other than that, I mean, I just can't wait. It's definitely an exciting time. I can't wait. So many plans. And it's it's really going to be a great time. But otherwise, I just want to thank you for listening. It's nice to be back on the mic and just recording podcasts, recording these episodes, even though I keep on going a very long break when I do this. I have a new mic, so it's very nice. The quality is definitely better than my old mic, but I definitely just plan to keep on a steady schedule another episode soon since you know we're under COVID, so I do have a little bit more free time at nights usually because, I mean, I do have my job, and I do plan to stick to a schedule this time, so hopefully that'll all work out. You'll be hearing my voice soon. And it'll be going great. And I can't wait to hear what you people have to say. You know, you can always leave a message. Anchor is definitely nice about that, where you can kind of like leave messages and I can play them back. If you want to do that, just do it on Anchor. Trust me, it's great. I can respond. It'll be good. But otherwise, thank you for listening to Dorm Life. I hope you have a good day. It was nice talking to y'all. And I'll catch you next time. See ya! Shout out to Allison. Oh, and Nick too.